This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football at FanDuel. You select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses Opta stats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier League match day with FanDuel. And just for Homestale radio listeners, we've got an extra special offer right now. When you sign up, use the promo code PALACE. That means if you don't make money in your first contest, FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10. So go to fanduel.co.uk and use the promo code PALACE to grab the offer now. What are you waiting for? Terms apply. Over 18s only. Please play responsibly. Homestale Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk, the next generation of fantasy football. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another edition of the Homestale Radio Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and this week I'm joined by a man that is young in Homestale Radio years, but older than God himself, Nick Philpotts. Hello, it's Terence. Yeah. Good evening. Thank you for that. <laughs> and the other Homestale Radio host, you know, the bald one. The, the other, the, the, the primary, the best. <laughs> After the disappointment of the West Ham defeat, we are jumping back up on the horse to discuss our upcoming visit to the defending champions Leicester. Still doesn't quite roll off the tongue, does it? On the menu is our defensive problems, Johan Kavaya versus Joe Ledley, and whether or not Ben Teke should head his penalties. We will talk to Leicester ourselves. We will talk about Leicester ourselves, sorry, because, well, Leicester stood us up this week. Apparently, they're a bit too big time to talk to us. We will also be hearing yours and our predictions, and we will end with a classic match against Leicester that you beautiful people voted for on Twitter, even if you did pick the wrong match. Before we tuck into that feast, all that is left for me to say is go and subscribe to both our podcasts at holradio.net forward slash subscribe. Homestale Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, so this is Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast Take 2. Yes, in true whole radio fashion, we recorded this podcast 24 hours ago, only for it to, well, actually not record. So you will not be hearing from the elusive Ben Nagel or Jack Watson as previously advertised. But do not be alarmed. As you already heard, I've got sufficient replacements. Firstly, I've got Chris Hambo-Hamblin. Welcome to your first ever preview podcast, mate. Thanks, Terence. I'm excited to be here. Does it feel a bit like someone coming into your living room and stealing the TV remote out of your hand? A little bit, but um, only if somehow I'd been moved into a slightly smaller, less impressive living room. <laughs> um, we are also joined by the man with what I'm calling the silkiest voice on whole radio, Nick Philpott. Hello, Nick. Hi, Terence. How are you doing? Yeah, OK, then. Nice to have you on the Hambo as well. Yeah, it's great to have Hambo on. Um, so, Nick, what have you been up to this week, mate? Some, some gardening, perhaps? Maybe some bowls? 
do you think I'm that old? Okay. <laughs> After the depressing defeat at Sellers Park in the rain on Saturday, I then went out and did the uh, what we should do and go and have a few jars and a curry and drown my sorrows. But apart from that, no, I've been working hard. You're feeling the cold in your bones, mate, against that time of the year. I, sat, I had to sit there with a car rug on you. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> uh, right. Um, I've been using the first section of the podcast to give listeners a chance to get to know our panel. Obviously, um, Hambo is very well known, but some new listeners perhaps might not know who he is. So you're both going to get a few questions. And firstly, I would like to know both of your first matches. I'll start with you, Mr. Hambling. Um, my first match, stunningly, was the Zenith Data Systems Cup final at Old Wembley. Oh, very nice. We had that on our classic match feature earlier in Indeed. the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing day out. As, as, as you quite rightly pointed out, I'd said it was the first time I got to swear in front of my parents. Um, <laughs> really was. But I'd, um, I'd, I'd obviously, I've been following Palace like, very closely, but as I've said before on, on the show in the past, I was really a kind of a bit of a nerdy statistician kind of kid. I liked re- reading magazines about football, but actually didn't really have a team for quite a while. And eventually the Liverpool semi-final got me into Palace. And by the time I actually managed to get to a game, we were, it was our glory period. We were winning an actual trophy. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, and during that time when you would have watched the Liverpool semi-final, Joe would have been sporting Liverpool then, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would, yeah, yeah. I think he was in the Liverpool end. <laughs> I think if you pause it in the right place, if you watch it back, you can see him in the in the end. <laughs> Here is gravelly tones. Uh, what about you, Nick? What was your first match? Uh, ready for this? So when were you two? Fifty-four. Well, it's not quite as bad as that. When were you two born? Born in uh, eighty-two. Okay, seventy-eight was my first game. Wow. Sitting in the Arthur, watching uh, some. It, it was obviously kicking off in the Arthur. It was a home game against Stoke. I think we won two-one. Uh, it was probably in the old first division, I would guess. It might even be in the old second division. Uh, guys, uh, it was kicking off in the Homesdale. Blokes were running down the Homesdale Terrace with their, uh, what do they call those jeans that go up over your shoulders? Um, dungarees. Dungarees. Oh, wow. Dung- they dungarees and side pocket, high button waistband and high high shoes on, okay? And uh, kicking lumps out of each other in the Homesdale. <laughs> Sounds more like 90s-esque dungarees <laughs> and higher top trainers. <laughs> you, you might be waiting uh, in the 90s, but we weren't. All right, then. So, uh, Nick, does your favourite player come from that era? Or is it another uh, era? I think we touched on this when we were doing the uh, Everton podcast. Uh, but no, my favourite... Pe- no, I've, I've, I've slept since then. Favourite player mind. of all time, Attilio Lombardo, without any oh. shadow of a doubt. Yeah. I'm I'm right there with you as you know, and Mr. Hambling. It's I always say Ian Wright. It's it's always been Ian Wright. Um, he was he was just something very very special, and you know obviously. I I had the video do the right thing, which I've said on air before, and <laughs> that that was one of the greatest videos ever. Just just about a player because it just it kind of made him an absolute legend. But while he was still at Palace and before he kicked on and did all these other things. You know, he, that was when he sort of cemented himself as a legend. And I was too young to appreciate how bad it was for people when he left, you know. Um, so he re- remains that. But I have to say, Wilf is, um, is is starting to, you know, if he stays at Palace a few more years, he's starting to edge it in, in terms of just not just the player, but the, the personality. <laughs> All those little things you see when he's in videos. I know you enjoyed it as well in the, the FIFA video, Terence, where he's just... Just yeah. sulking because he lost to Andrew Townsend. <laughs> I just think he's—I just think he's a really funny, genuine lad as well. So there you go. And he's well, a local we'll touch, boy. He is, yeah. We'll touch on Wilf a bit more later on in our classic max match section. Um, what about your favourite goal, Chris? Is it an Ian Wright one? Oh, I, do you know what? It, it's such a tough ask because um, you kind of think of great goals, and there's things. Uh, Ambrose at Old Trafford is. Yeah. Is just the immediate one. I have to say, it's that. It's, it's that because it was so out of the blue. It was such a good, such a good goal from being behind it at Old Trafford and just watching that go in. And even then, because you're behind it, you don't see the distance it was out. But we, you just knew because you'd seen a hardy hit it. It just still took ages to go in. But when you yeah. saw it back on TV, it, it's still. I can't believe it. It speeds up. It actually speeds up in the air. Um, I've never, I've just never seen a goal like that, and and because it was against Man United at Old Trafford in a game, even though they hadn't 
got their best team out. We had a few reserves out as well. And it, what a what a goal! What a moment! Just the celebrations were superb. There's a great uh, great little video. I'm sure you've you've seen it of of a dad hugging his kids in the crowd and stuff, and just going absolutely mental. And that's what can that's I, what it's all can about. I jump in there, boys? Can yeah. I jump in there, boys? Okay, because what you don't know, because this is not rehearsed. Okay, my favourite goal of all time was also the Ambrose clip, and that guy that you're talking about is my best mate Mark and his two sons Nathan and Dominic. Uh, and I actually had that screenshot for him last week. Only that one shot that you see of it on him on the ITV. Uh, on the ITV camera shot, I had that screenshot I mean, put on a Moonpig card and sent to him up in Liverpool, <laughs> which, which is where he lives. Uh, and he's my best mate. He has been my best mate for 30 years. Get well soon, Mark, if you're listening to this. Oh, well. Wow. Yeah. I always um, I always get something in my eye when I watch that video. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, love to, yeah, I love it when you get sudden attacks of hay fever. or. Uh, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> um, I don't know. My favourite goal... I, it, Twists and turns on my mood, I think. Um, tonight is Will Zaha's uh, second goal at Brighton in the playoff semi final. Yeah. I love that goal. And sometimes Dougie Freeman against Stockport will come and nib in as well, take it away. Um, finally, we'll end on if you could put one Palace player from the past into our current 11, who would that be? Nick? Kenny Sampson. Oh, good one. Because we are desperate for a, a fullback. Mm. And what about you, Chris? Oh, like, what a what a good question. Because my, again, immediate reaction is to say, Ian, right, but he wouldn't fit into our current system. And, you know, no. I love, love Ben Teke up there. Um, oh, yeah, it's got to be Lombardo, I think. Give, give him the number 10 shirt and let him orchestrate mm. things. Yeah. I was along the same lines as um, Nick Phil Potdale went to Ashley Cole. Again, thinking mm, we need yeah. left back. And obviously, I was too young to see Kenny Sampson play for Palace. <laughs> I think he might have left by the time I was born. So, <laughs> Right, um, let's start getting on to talking about the game. Um, well, before that, let's touch on Johan Kabaya's bleached hair. The qu- the qu- have, you, have you guys seen it? Yeah, yeah. I've seen a picture of it, yeah. yeah. Question um. is, who, who, who did it better, Johan Kabaya or Ben Nagel? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bless him bless him um, I'm going to give Ben the props there uh, Ben was ben, Ben's was a superior uh, cut you know <laughs> to be fair on the um, the record that we did last night that didn't record um, Ben did say that Johan did it better <laughs> and um, that he was a, a humble too, guy you know he's yeah. <laughs> it was a, he said he's was a bit too slim shady okay which is probably <laughs> a fair shout <laughs> yeah I'll give him that right um yeah, right. On to the game. I'm I'm calling it a mini defensive crisis that we're currently sitting in. And we talked that we touched on it there when talking about what players we'd add to the squad from the past. Um, so let's make the assumption that Martin Kelly is going to have a mare again, so he's not going to get in the team. After spending 32 million on Ben Teke, bringing in Lloyd Remy, uh, spending 12 million, whatever it was on. Tompkins and Townsend. Did you think that Zeki Fryers would be starting a match nine games into the season, Chris? <laughs> no, absolutely not. But what I will say is I'm not that unhappy about it. You know, I would. Oh, if Suarez was fit, absolutely no chance. You know, what I mean, even though Zeki has sort of, should we say, turned a bit of a corner, he still uh, looks a little deficient in certain areas. So it should be generous. That's very um, kind. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I have to say, Kelly looked the weakest he'd looked in a long, long time against West Ham and, and offered very little defensively and going forward. And I thought Zeki at least offered a bit more going forward when he came on. So there you go. It's I, I think look, the shirt's there to be won. And look, he must have some ability somewhere. Um, he's certainly better than he was. Um, but he's got he's got a long way to go to be up to the standard. But... Who's to say he can't do it? If we give, keep giving him a chance, maybe he'll get there. Uh, what about you, Nick? Do you think we leave Kelly in and give him a chance to um, recapture some of his form, or do you go to Friars? A couple of things, really. I'm a bit surprised at Martin Kelly because he, let's face it, he did have a poor game on Saturday. And it does surprise me because he's had some very good ones. The Everton away game in particular, mm-hmm. yeah, he was he was very very strong. So you could say that was a 
bad day at the office for all of them, okay, including Ben Teke and his slip, no doubt, and all the rest of it. But it's, I think uh, the, the other thing is, of course, is, is Scott Dan going to be available on Saturday? So therefore, Martin Kelly and, uh, and Zeki, uh, neither of them might play, as it turns out, because I think I saw Scott Dan up in Crystals on Saturday, uh, and he was actually, <laughs> and I did, uh, and he was actually saying that he, he thought he'd be back for this game. Well, we all know that after the match, when it becomes a nightclub, it's only old people in there. So was this pre-match? <laughs> this, this, this was before kickoff. It was the most bizarre thing. Uh, I was up there with our, our gorgeous Juicy Lucy, uh, and he was in there on his own. He wasn't in there with an entourage, or but he was just in there to come up and say hello to the fans. And that's, I think that's a mark of the man. He's a fan, you know, great player for us, great, great captain. And he was just up there having his photo taken, signing autographs, and he was quite blatantly what he said, I'll be back for the Leicester game. Brilliant. So, assuming no right, Dad, Dan's in. We'll we'll give Kelly the benefit of the doubt. Say Zeki Fryers never pulls on a Palace shirt again. Did he? Did he pay off his two point five million pound fee with that cross at Sunderland? <laughs> um, I don't know, what's what's a Premier League goal worth these days? That's, you know, that's it, a, it, yeah. it factored in towards three points. So if that. Is that three points or two points, as it would be, going from a draw to a win, takes us up a place in the Premier League? Is it, is it worth two and a half million? It probably is. I suppose if you look at it from that, that aspect, yeah. But, I mean, when you factor in wages and all that kind of stuff, it's hard <laughs> to say that one cross gives us value for money. You know? <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's not all, you know, I'm sure he's had probably a bit of bad luck in there as well as, um, you know, maybe not the right attitude at times. So, it's probably not all, his, all on him, but. I think, yeah, I think this it's not a great buy, no matter what that cross did. You know, like I said, I think, I think there's two ways of looking at it. At the end of the day, we are a 25-man squad. And a 25-man squad, the whole idea is that you have a reserve for your number one player, whichever position we're talking about. On the other side of it, has he really, did, on the two little occasions, his two little cameos, has he disgraced himself on either one of them? I don't think he has. Mm. So you have to go back to the Newcastle game for the disgrace don't you? <laughs> <laughs> on the two little cameos this season yeah. um, right let's move up the pitch we'll move away for the defence now um, was Ledley poor against West Ham Chris or um, did, did the West Ham midfield do a number on him yeah I think asking the question the way you have it the, the truth is it's a bit of both he, he was poor uh, but he never had a chance from the, from the very beginning um, because he was being asked to do way too much. Um, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of where teams used to isolate Jedinak and just play around him. Mm-hmm. Um, West Ham were just too quick. The movement was too good. You know, he, you could see when he sliced the ball out for a corner under no <laughs> pressure, about, was it about 15, 20 minutes in, something like that? That yeah. just shows you where he was, where his head was. He was having to run around and he was getting nowhere near anything. Uh, in possession, he was he was okay, but you know Joe Ledley's not gonna not gonna be the one who plays the killer pass more often than not. I would say so. It was a bit of a thankless task for him, and get, taking him off at half time was absolutely the right choice. Yeah. So, all right, Nick, um, I've been of the opinion since the game that I'd want Kabaya to start more at home games and Ledley to give us a bit more defensive still. But ding. Um, <laughs> Do you put Kabai in at Leicester or do you give Ledley another chance? Uh, it's got to be Kabai. Again, keep referring back to the uh, pod that we did for the Everton game. I was the one that was actually saying to you, no, it's got to be Ledley all day long. Kabai has been having a mare, but is Pardew brave enough to drop him? I'm absolutely, I've done a complete 360 here. I want Kabai back in because he, he had, I thought he was probably our only shining light from Saturday when he came on. He had, a, you know, he had a, a really good second half. Let's, let's be the other thing, of course, is I think Chris is right what you said that West Ham did a job on us on Saturday. Okay, they set up, they flooded the midfield, and they just took Ledley out of the game. Mm. Yeah, and I, th- I think when Kabaya came on, you just can't smother Johan Kabaya like that. He's, despite being quite small, he's very strong, he's very calm under pressure, and can always pick a pass. And um, they tried to smother him. Like they did Ledley for the first few minutes, realised it wasn't working and then just sort of backed off of him, really. And I thought he had a really, really good game, which is what we need from him when you think about it, because he's not really been anywhere near his top form in recent months. So um, if we can get an informed Kabaya back, that's only going to be good for the team. Right. Uh, Michael Oliver's the referee on the weekend. And in 11 games, he's ref- 
us in the Premier League. He's given six penalties, so there is a good chance we may get a penalty. Who takes it, Chris? <laughs> uh, ben Teke again, I think. Uh, um, unless it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> what, does it um, get down on all fours and do you know, one of those headers, you know, when you used to be taking the piss when you were a kid in the school playground? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, it's a, a worry, isn't it? The penalty situation. It really, um, you, you'd like to have a bit of confidence that the person stepping up is going to smash them in. Um, mm. And people were talking that Townsend's got a bit of form on penalties, but, but for me, it, you know, let's let's not chuck someone away after one bad penalty. You know, Kabai consistently was a worry at penalties. Uh, you know, I don't mm. know what his record is exactly. You might, but. Um, but but he just I never had the real confidence that Kabai was going to put a penalty in. It was always going to be one that if it, if it does go in, the keeper's going to be near it. Whereas mm. Benteke, I have a bit more confidence in. I just think he was he was incredibly unlucky. The conditions were terrible. He definitely slipped, um, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. So I'd like to see him take it and in, in you know just because him getting goals is 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 great for us. The more confidence he gets, the better the player he is. And you saw when he missed that penalty and knocked to his confidence, he looked a little bit ordinary, didn't he? Oh, well, he, moments later, it was a towering header that hit the post. I don't, I, but I see what you mean in the second half. He just, he started to get a little bit frustrated with himself. Um, he snatched at a volley quite late on um, towards the back post. And um, you could see that he wasn't sort of strutting around with the confidence that he had in the previous matches. What about you, Nick? Um, are you, are you keeping Benteke on penalties? As well? Yeah, the trouble is, I think Hambo's actually broken into my house today and he's nicked all my notes because um, he's right in what he said. It, he, it is a, uh, Benteke is a confidence player. If you were to remove that responsibility away from him now and give it to somebody else, whoever it will be, and yeah, again, you're right. I had it written down that Townsend would be the second person I would actually have taken him. I think you could do more damage, okay, by taking the penalties away from Benteke than then actually letting him have it. Even if you missed another one, if you remove the remove the responsibility away from him now, you damage his confidence, and it could affect us for the rest of the year. What's all this taking notes business? Yeah, come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, are we not? Are we not supposed to do any? Are we not supposed to do any research? I'm so sorry, boys. <laughs> um, at home. Half time in the game, I walked back behind the homes now into a fuming James Howland. James Howland's the guy who wrote the Palace Addiction book about the 2009-10 season. He was fuming. Last season, Ben Teke ran up to the ball in the exact same fashion, put the goalkeeper on his arse and he put it in the back of the net in a Liverpool shirt. Why is he not doing it in a Palace shirt? He was not best pleased. <laughs> but he had been drinking in five beer breweries before the match. So yeah. Who, Ben Teke? <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, we'll move on from Palace now. So we'll have a quick jingle and then we won't be talking to the Leicester fans. We'll be um, blagging that section ourselves. It's Holmesdale Radio. (laughs) Edit point, you shit cunt. Right, yes, I'm being a little bit unfair on the Leicester fan. Um, he had a family emergency, and that's why he couldn't make it. He was very, very apologetic in the DM on Twitter, despite me ribbing him for saying, what, are you too big time now to get involved with a little Crystal Palace podcast? Um, and I did ask if um, he'd burned to death by the Copenhagen pyro that was going around that stadium. The Champions League, they're in the Champions League, guys. They're in the <laughs> yeah. Champions League. Yeah. And despite everyone... Um, uh, you know, usually talk about new to the European competition, playing midweeks and getting used to it. They haven't actually lost off the back of a Champions League game yet, so um, we'll have a bit of a test there. Now, I've had a bit of a mixed start. What did you think, Chris? Did you think Leicester would be able to emulate it at any point, emulate last season? Um, I, I, no, I didn't, but then I didn't think they were going to win the league either. So, you know, <laughs> I, 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 you know, to say I have confidence, in my opinion, is probably a little bit wrong. But having said that, I thought... I thought whatever they got in terms of European football last year was going to be a challenge for them. They've, they've, they have added to the squad. Um, but, you know, teams are just going to play differently against them. So they've gone into Europe and they're a bit of an unknown quantity in Europe. Yeah. Uh, teams have can't, have, you know, they've got to work to find them out. And until they start playing the bigger teams, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, well, we've seen, we've seen them do pretty well. Whereas in the league, People, people are playing the champions. 
So mm. they, they set up like they're going to play the champions. So Mares has been a lot less effective. Vardy's found a little bit less space than he did, was finding. Um, mm. You know, and, and they've lost probably the best midfielder from last year in, in, in Kante, who's gone to Chelsea. He, he was, you know, both games we played them, he was phenomenal. He was mm. everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And, you know, passes brilliantly with either foot, but the interceptions, the the not the... Just that sixth sense of knowing where to be, that was behind everything good that they did last season. And mm. they are a weaker team because he's not in it. They certainly are. Um, when Did you guys see on Twitter the other day, someone posted up the running stats for every team this season? We sat second bottom to Manchester United in terms of distance covered. And I was surprised to see Leicester in the bottom half of that table as well, because I, without seeing last season, I would assume they would have been at the very top, if not first. Um, and Kante probably would have had a lot to do with that. And um, they're just obviously not covering as much ground. And going back to Mares and Vardy, apparently Mares hasn't completed a pass to Vardy in four matches now, which is just an insane stat when you realise how much they, um, you know, bounced off of each other last season. So um, they're obviously having struggles um, adapting this season round. Um we was linked with Slimani a lot. Um, Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The last few years, uh, were you surprised to see him go to Leicester, Nick? I was surprised to finally come to the Premier League at all. Um, the fact that he was blanking us left, right and centre, he just didn't want to know. I didn't think he was going to end up in the Premier League at all. I thought he was going to stay put. He's, and he's struggled. I mean, what's he scored? Twice now, so far in the Premier League? Um, mm. it, it, I think we got the better deal uh, by sitting tight and, and waiting for Benteke. I think we got the better deal. And the younger striker as well. Indeed. Mm, well, yeah, I, I really like Slimani. I'm assuming a lot of it's got to do with the Champions League. Um, you know, people buy into that product and love it, players, and they want to play in it. So it doesn't really surprise me that he eventually came when he got the Champions League offer. Um, one other surprising stat about Leicester this season is that I've already conceded five goals from corners, having done that only 10 times last season. And obviously it's been highly documented that um, Hoof and Morgan are struggling with the new rules about grappling when you look back last season and realise they basically had every Premier League striker in a headlock from every corner. With Benteke, Tompkins, obviously Dan will be back as well. Do you think um, we're obviously going to cause them some problems, I think, Chris, from set pieces? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, part of me is concerned in that you could say they're very much the same about us spending the set pieces this season um so maybe we can be four each and they'll all be set set pieces i don't know but um look we, we absolutely you know if they're particularly if they're you know like you say they're struggling it was very similar for stoke wasn't it when we we blew them away and they they had been having all sorts of trouble with um with shawcross loves to you know grab people in the area and all that kind of stuff and he doesn't know how to defend without doing it um and that's that was one of the big factors in our in our easy win over Stoke. So let's hope for, for more of the same against Leicester. It's definitely going to be um, a, a headline from the game, I'm sure. Uh, headline. Did you mean that, pun intended? No. <laughs> <laughs> right, OK, well, considering we're not experts on Leicester, we'll end our chat there. Um, hopefully next week when we get to Liverpool on board, we will have someone to speak to. Homestel Radio Freeview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, it's predictions time. Before we get on to um, 
Chris Hambling and Mr. 100% Nick Philpotts. We will get some listeners' um, predictions first. Um, at Jack Davey on Twitter has gone for 1-0 to Palace with Johan Kovai to score. At George S7 has predicted a 2-2 draw, as did um, Ben Nagel and Jack Watson on the show that you will never hear. And Aaron Lucy White has gone for 1-0 to Palace as well. Um, before I get your guys' predictions, I'm going to hit you with some stats. Hey, listen here. It's the attack of the stats. It's the stat attacks. Right, it's going to be the 67th meeting between the two sides. 23 wins for Palace, 17 draws and 25 defeats. Our biggest win was 3-0, which was in the League Cup in the 2000-2001 season. What about you guys? I thought that one should have won the classic match game. That was the yeah. um, Rubens from about 35 yards. Yeah. Thompson. Yeah, brilliant game. I loved that. And they were top of the Premier League and we were struggling in the... What was it then? Division 1 it was being called then, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Leicester's biggest wins are 3-0 twice in 98 and 2011. Sod's law that I was at them both. Uh, 10 of the last 11 matches between the two clubs have either been drawn or settled by the odd goal. So it's likely to be a tight affair. As mentioned at the top of the show, Michael Oliver is the referee. Our win percentage is 27% when he takes charge of our matches. But we have only won one in the last six. So probably not expecting too many favours from him. So we'll get to you next, Nick, because as I said, you're Mr. 100%, having correctly predicted the Everton score, being the only home style panellist to do so far this season. So right. no, no pressure, mate. What you got for us? Okay. Um, with Michael Oliver being that referee. Oh, Chris, Chris's voice has changed. Oh, oh we go, I, got, we go. I got confused. As, I, got confused I thought as well. that was me so first. Go, you go, you go, Hambo. I blame, I blame Terence's wording. We'll, have, we'll <laughs> listen back to that later. Yeah. Did I say Chris? <laughs> I'm very well no, you, you sort of said we'll come to you a little later, Nick, and then essentially introduced him like he was about to speak. So, um, but I'm not going to criticise you. I know how hard it is to host, you know. <laughs> oh, here he goes. <laughs> have you two ever thought about getting married? <laughs> well, I'm, you got. Um, I'm on the show. I'm on the review show this week as well. So you're going to get. Um, so am I. Get some more of this. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Solid. So go on, Chris. What's, what's your prediction? Anyway, um, so uh, my sort of my my head says it's going to be um, a one-one draw, uh, but I don't like ever agreeing with my brain. So I'm going <laughs> to go with uh, a two-one win to Palace. Uh, any goal scorers for us? Oh, you want goal scorers, do you? Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, I think a I think uh, I think Andros will get one. Um, and yeah, let's go. Let's go. And Andros and Benteke. Gordon, Nick, no pressure, mate. You got you even got the goal scorers right when you predict. Yeah, Chris, when you do this, mate, you have got to get not just to predict the score. You've got to get the goal scorers to be a hundred percent. Okay, um, so again, <laughs> Chris, so Chris gonna... just just remove him from the call, mate. We'll, we'll, we'll move on about him. <laughs> <laughs> in fact it's going to be a 1-1 draw okay it's going to be a penalty a Vardy penalty and it's going to be a Scott Dan header to equalise okay right I'm um, I'll be a little bit boastful being the only one who predicted that West Ham would win on the last preview show I didn't get the scoreline right I went for 3-1 West Ham but this week I'm on the other side of the fence and I'm going for 3-1 to Palace my reasoning being that um, I know they said they hadn't lost off the back of a Champions League game, but um, they'll have a little bit, their legs will be a little, little, little bit tired than ours. Um, our threat from set pieces is so good, I think, uh, that Scott Dan, I reckon, is going to get on the score sheet. I reckon Ben Teke is going to get on the score sheet as well. And Jason Punchin is going to curl in a free kick and it's going to just miss everyone going at the back post. So that's a very specific prediction. (laughs) And no wonder I never get them right. But um, so that's what I'm going for this week. um, Right. Next up, we're going to be remembering the classic match that you all voted for on Twitter. You can vote every Tuesday by visiting at HOL Radio on Twitter. This week, Wilfred Zaha's full debut in 2010 against Leicester beat off competition from a 4-4 draw at Filbert Street in 87. A Bruce, Dry- a Bruce Dyer hat-trick in the FA Cup in 1998 and the League Cup upset in 2000, as previously discussed. 
Lee gets the touch. What a chance. It is Zaha, 17 years old. And he gives George Burley the perfect start to the season. Right, so it's August the 7th, 2010, and 17,486 people have turned up to Sellers Park for the first game since Hillsborough. Were either of you two guys there? Oh, yes. I think I, think I was. Yeah, and that was um, CPFC 2010's first game as well. They came out at halftime and had a little um, wave to everyone. It was... Um, Start of um, something we now know to be a great beginning, I guess. Um, the Paddy's lineup was uh, a mixture of old and new. Um, obviously, we lost a lot in the summer due to, um, you know, administration and the whole lawyers' problem and players not knowing if they had contracts. And you know, as we spoke before to Dougie Freeman, Chris on the uh, Homestead Radio interview. Um, he was doing everything he could to keep hold of players by basically lying to them. <laughs> he was, <yeah. laughs> um, But we lined up with um, Julian Sproni in goal, one of the aforementioned lied to. <laughs> Nathaniel Klein, uh, we had Julian Bennett, who was in on loan from Nottingham Forest. Uh, Claude Davis came in at centre-back with Paddy McCarthy. New man Owen Garvin and Andy Dorman were in midfield. Andy Dorman... Darren Ambrose and Kieran Cadogan on the flanks and Wilfred Zaha, the 17-year-old Wilfred Zaha, started up front alongside Adam Lee yep. in the Leicester team. Uh, how many of this Leicester team do you reckon are still left? Uh, uh, none. I'm guessing one, Andy King. Very good. That's why you're the professional Chris and I'm just a schmuck. Um, <laughs> Chris Will in goal, Robbie Nielsen, Bruno Berner, Michael Morrison, Jack, Jack Hobbs, Matt Oakley, Andy King, Lloyd Dyer, DJ Campbell, Matty Fryer, and Danny and Gesson. Could you do you remember those days when you'd actually like fear the names of DJ Campbell and uh, Matty Fryer on a team sheet? Absolutely. <laughs> and, now, yeah. and now you're looking at Sergio Aguero and, <laughs> and the likes of that. Um, but one of the big discussions of the day was: um, Do you remember, guys? Remember the weekend before we played Chelsea at home in a pre-season? Hmm. Sunny day. Adam Barrett had a blinder in that one. Put yeah. himself about a bit, really good game, and the new signing from Southend. But he was left out of the team. Um, and there was also another couple of big topics of discussion as well. One of them was the funny what you remember this is the big screen um, had a clock put back on it. For the season before, there was no clock on it. So you had no <laughs> idea what the time was. It was infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> but there yeah. was also, um, and this is, these two are going to have to hazard a guess here. You can go first, Chris. Um, Something else changed in Sellers Park that day. Um, I'll call it a logistical change. You know, can you have a hazard a guess at what it was? Uh, was it the away fans being moved? Oh my God, he's so good at this. <laughs> last, last I, I, can I just say? Can I just say? I was in, involved in the fans' focus groups about it all, so <laughs> it's a bit right, of a cheat there. Okay. All right. So, should we edit it out and go to Nick and let him get it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, right. Um, so, uh, early doors, matches a bit back and forth. But um, if you remember, the HF, well, Chris obviously remembers, the HF did a display that day with uh, the big red and blue streamers down that uh, lower tier of the Homestyle. <laughs> so, while the match is going on, um, all of these streamers sort of just made it onto one end of the pitch in front of the Homestyle. And it was um, extremely funny watching the stewards' baffled looks on their faces as they just genuinely seemed to have no idea what to do with these streamers as they were just pushing them around and not being able to squeeze them down. It was um, ridiculous. What do we pay them for? <laughs> um, in that opening 20 minutes, Chris and Nick, this is not a lie, Owen Garvin and Andy Dorman were controlling the game, pulling strings and spraying balls all over the place. Do you believe me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I, I do remember this game really well. I had, I had a quick look at some highlights and uh, literally just the goals on YouTube earlier, and it just kicked all the memories back in my mind because it was this amazing new dawn. We had we had George Burley, and everyone was a bit like, "Oh, how's he going to get on?" And we just roared out of the blocks, and we were superb. Like we absolutely dominated Leicester, and like you say, everyone was talking about. Well, um, she signed. We signed Dorman, and no, I mean, no one knew who Andy Dorman was. You know, I remember everyone um, going to YouTube and. 
yeah. that video of him just saw it scoring screamers for St. Yeah. Mirren and everyone was like really excited. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and that's we we thought we'd uh, we'd unearthed a gem there, I think, in the opening twenty. <laughs> Um, we certainly did unearth one gem in the opening 20. <laughs> that was on 19 minutes. Um, probably a bit of disservice to the good passing game that we've been playing up to that point. Really inspiring use of the ad to kick the ball further than the halfway line, launched it downfield. And Alan Lee jumped up, nice little flick on, old school Palace style to the nippy striker, gets in behind the defender he slips. And it's a cracking out finish to the outside of his foot, isn't it, Nick? But think about how we've changed. I mean, because that was the Palace way. It was route one. It was from Sferoni's foot into the back of the net via another striker's head. Um, it was, and think of where we where we come to today with some good quality, proper footballers on the pitch. I mean, I, I mean, I, I remember that game as well. And can you imagine what the Leicester manager must have thought when they looked at the strength of our bench and saw? Calvin Andrews sitting on the bench. You'd have been quaking in your boots, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, so when um, uh, Zaha's nipped in like that, um, also just pulled out the same celebration that he still does today, you know, that just, I don't really know what to do. I'm just going to run around. <laughs> sort, sort, sort of looking like I'm dipping over the finishing line in a 100-metre sprint, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a bit like that. I, I, I actually yeah. remember speaking to Wolf about that goal. Um, I can't remember. I think it was a it was an event later on well, at the end of that season, and he's and he kept talking about the fact that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a striker alongside someone like Alan Lee, who would just knock the ball on for him to run onto. That's how he saw himself as a player. And uh, amazing to think where he is now. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, and if you remember, a lot of the talk, especially where I was in the stands, and then after the game in the pubs as well, everyone was comparing him to Ian Wright. Yeah. As you said at the top there, Chris, that Ian Wright's your favourite ever player. Did you feel the same at the time? Um, it, do you know what? I've, I, the, he, you know, his first appearance uh, was the sub-appearance against Cardiff, right? Mm. That one. That one I did because he came on up front and um, and he had the same, the aggression, um, the moaning, <laughs> like the moaning himself, <laughs> the moaning at other people, not getting the ball in the right areas, that kind of stuff. And he just it just came he came across as that and as a as you always do that. And I remember when Ian Wright left, we used to do that every week. It was is this guy the new Ian Wright? Blah 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 blah. But yeah, I I, I kind of almost was on board with that. I could I could see it happening because he came from as much as loads of people within the club knew about him about what a talent he was because he was a late developer. A lot of people out you know a lot of those of us who paid attention to the youth team didn't really know much about him. So we we saw him as this new raw striker, and he comes out in the first first game he starts. He does that, of course. The comparisons to Wright were, were valid. Mm, certainly was. Um, despite it being August the seventh, the heavens opened up, the rain came crashing down, and I think it probably helps Darren Ambrose's goal, which came about seven minutes later. I think it was. Um, let's fly from twenty five yards. Takes one bounce, skips over the goalkeeper. Anyone want to hazard a guess at what the fans were chanting at that point when the goal went in? Uh, what's it? The, the Darren, want to know how you scored that goal song? No, no it was that, uh, about 10 years too early for that. Yeah, I was. No, you're right. That was about, yeah, not quite 10, but near enough. Yeah. No, okay. um, no, I don't so, know. So where my um, logistical sellers park change baffled Ben Nagel and Jack Watson on this show last night that you will never hear, um, they actually got this one right, which was we oh. are top of the league, being 2-0 oh, up very early doors. Um, you know, the comedians were out in force, as it were. Um, and then four minutes before the break, we were just in dreamland, really. Cadogan cuts in from the right-hand side, goes on a bit of a mazy run, um, feeds Wilf, his defender a bit like um, he does a few years later to Greer in, at Brighton uh, but he spins the other way releases his shot Will spills it and Alan Lee's there to tap in to make it 3-0 um, we have, since then have we been 3-0 up at half time other than QPR that's the only one I could think of cool there's uh, a question I, yeah I'm, I'm struggling to remember um, there's a question and I'm, I, I vaguely remember being 3-0 up at home against Stockport one year and, and drawing 3-3 yeah. sometime in the early 2000s. <laughs> that was horrendous. That's uh, no, I, I can't think of it. Yeah, yeah. We, I, you know, we threatened it, didn't we, against Stoke, but 
scoring two very quickly in the first half, but we didn't get their third or second half, did we? So, nah. you know, it's it's so easy to get like pre-season optimism. You know, you, you're going up, new season, you never know what you're going to get. Um, championships always a tight league. You you could be battling relegation or pushing for a playoff place, and you don't really know. And I just remember thinking, God, like George Burley felt like a bit of a coup, like having him in. He was um, a very well-respected manager at that time. Um, you know, we'd managed to keep Ambrose, Zaha scored, there's, there's all this excitement around. And, um, but obviously, with hindsight, we can look back and probably know that Leicester weren't going to come out in the second half and be as bad as they were in the second. Um, just before the hour, Andy King nods in across at the back post, and it kind of created a theme for the whole half. Um, Darren Ambrose not defending, Kieran Cadogan uh naively defending, shall we say, in helping the fullbacks out. And they got a lot of crosses into the box. And um, King was the first one to profit after that. A few saves from Julian Speroni to keep the, keep the score to 3-1. And then five minutes before the end, old um, Claude Davis uh, makes his defending look like a comedy sketch. <laughs> Ball bounces <laughs> over his head, can't head it clear. They get him down the flank and DJ Campbell's there to tap in at the back post. Um, much the same. So, Clark last five minutes in normal time, five minutes of stoppage time, a bit of Leicester pressure, but they never managed to break us down. And it was a winning start to the 2010-11 season, and we were all excited. Um, yeah, do you, sorry, do you remember uh, Kadugan's performance first half? Mm. And it was a bit of a factor in, in, in the sort of the Burley regime, if you like, that him and Kieran Jalili as well, and... Um, and obviously, Wilf was getting getting a look in, but that's that's where the excitement came from. And yeah. but you've you've actually pinpointed there, and you're talking about the second half exactly what the issue was with with Kadag and Angelili, in, in the fact that they just didn't have the maturity and the the experience to be able to contribute defensively. That's and if you, once you, once you turned them round, um, we we were weak, but we were such an exciting team with them in it going forward. Um, it, but that's that's where that optimism came from, I thought. Yeah, no, certainly does because they just. You know, they had that no fear sort of aspect about them. They're kind of like, um, I don't want to talk about other teams, they're kind of what you see in Delhi Alley, you know, they're a bit like, yeah. just prepared to try anything. And they were like that, but you're right, obviously, looking at Delhi Alley is a bit more sophisticated defensively, but by basically being a thug, I guess, more than anything. Yeah. Uh, and the other day on the webs on redandbluearmy.co.uk, a um, back in the day article came up and it was the um, one away win from that season at Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> so that's sort of how that season went. And weirdly, it was um, Dejali, um was really good that day against Norwich. And um, they had their moments, certainly, in that season. But, you know, by December, by the time Friedman came in, it was pretty much the end for their seasons and probably their careers at any sort of decent level. Um, I think, was Kadugan gone somewhere like Denmark or something? He plays in Sweden for Sweden. AIK. Yeah, he's doing really well out there, actually, now. I'll, I'll keep an eye on him because... Well, he was a decent player, and it was a shame that he um, he didn't kick on really. Um, yeah. And Jalili, I think, is back in this country now. I think he might be at Dulwich now, um, but he was playing over in Ireland for a while. Oh. Um, but they were two really, really talented lads. Um, and I, I was aware that they had, had some, some a few disciplinary issues off the field and what have you um, under Friedman, oh. uh, which kept them out of the team. But uh, they, I thought, I honestly thought both would go on to better things. I don't know what you you know. Your opinion was, but I, I, I was, yeah, I, I do keep an eye out for, for those two. Yeah, no, I, I always get a bit excited about Palace Youth prospects and um, probably overrate them more than I should. Or just basically anyone young in a Palace shirt. I remember when we signed Bruce Dyer, I was like, he'll be playing for England by the time it's 1999. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't work out. <laughs> Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by fanjewel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. We're going to end it there. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank you, Chris Hambo. Thank you for joining us and Nick as well. It was um, great having you on. Even if you, were, even if you were second choice to the original show. That's not yeah, true. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, thank you for producing as well. Yes. No. <laughs> You've done all right. You've done all right. <laughs> um, well, better than the person last night because um, hopefully people will actually hear this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, look, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, remember, you, uh, you Sunday tune in to the review show of the, this Leicester match that we've so eloquently talked about. Um, 
if you can't listen live on Sunday night at 8 p.m., the podcast version of the show will be available shortly after. And, you know, that provides some morning commute for you on the way to work. Have a little listen. Uh, so next week we'll be back talking about Liverpool. Remember to look at Twitter on Tuesday to vote for your classic match. We've got some good ones in there. It's a, yeah. I think it's going to be really, really tight. Um, I'm either, it's obviously going to be between the 4-3 and the 3-3. And I'll probably edge towards the 3-3 because of the younger crowd of Twitter. But um, you never tough, know. Liverpool, Liverpool fans might hijack it and go for the 9-0, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which could be amusing. Yeah. But, so until next week, guys, thanks for listening and we will see you then. Take care. Good night. I'm not going to say bye. I always feel that the host has to say the last bye. You know, but you step on it. You step in there, Nick. Don't worry about it, mate. You just, you just go for it, wherever you like. Oh, I haven't stopped yet. This is all still in the show. This is still recording. All right. Um, I'm going to hit stop. Wait, wait before you hit what? stop, oh, let okay. me have the final word. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I've been Terence Ford, and you stay classy, Palace fans. Let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football at FanDuel. You select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses OptiStats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier League match day with FanDuel and just for Homestale radio listeners we've got an extra special offer right now when you sign up use the promo code PALACE that means if you don't make money in your first contest FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10 so go to FanDuel.co.uk and use the promo code PALACE to grab the offer now what are you waiting for? Terms apply over 18 The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Only. Please play responsibly. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.